Hi, and thanks for joining us today on the Progress Podcast, where we're having new conversations about abortion. I'm Angie Wesley, and our hope with this podcast is that as we take the risk to have honest, non-political discussions about this important issue, that you'll be inspired to do the same. So I'm actually back again for part two with Laura and Denise. Hi, Hi Angie. It's <laughs> so funny doing that together. Are you guys inspired to keep talking? Oh, beyond, beyond inspired. We are so inspired. Yeah. Can't wait. You started this, Laura. Yeah. I did. Yes, yes. So at the end of the last podcast, which if you haven't listened to the podcast right before this with Laura, you'll want to, because at the end you said to us, why don't you ask me the hard questions? I'm always asking you the hard questions. Right. And we never really thought about that. You know, we've had some of these conversations with you that we didn't really think about that. But when you said that, I thought, oh, that would be interesting even for people listening to hear kind of both sides, hear the tough questions, even though we're not on a side Right. We're pro-grace. Right. We're not pro-life or pro-choice, but we're familiar enough yeah. with the community and all that. But Denise kind of balked at that idea. Well, I'm tired <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to take a nap, but I guess, uh, but I'm, I'm here because of Laura and I'm, no. I'm you know, as long I'm, as Laura's I'm, in, I'm in. I'm in right? between you and your nap. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I mean, and here's the difference. You were working when I took my nap. Right. She and just, you already took her nap. Because I just so. didn't work. I was like, <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> and we have one more forum tonight. I know, which is so exciting. This is a, kind of a 14-hour day. And then I have to drive all the way back to Crystal Lake from, Ooh. where are we? <laughs> Lincoln Square. Somewhere in Chicago. Yeah. So, it's not but, our fault you chose to live in true. Crystal right. Lake. Maybe, yeah. Out okay. in the middle of- I need to own that. <laughs> yes. Own where you live. Um, okay, Laura. So, you you know, we, we thought about this. And um, when you talked about what would trigger the Christian community, right, in listening to you or to pro-choice people, right, where would they get triggered in the relationship or the conversation? Right, where would they get triggered, and also what is usually in their mind that is an assumption, Mm. maybe it's a stereotype, but it's, they may not even know it's a stereotype, they may just be thinking, oh, she just said this, so that means X, Y, or Z, and you probably know what that is, just like for me, in our last podcast, when I was talking about what does it mean to hear you talking about sin yeah, and right. evil and all the things that come with that, yeah. as somebody who's been a pro-choice activist and has been around people who are using their religion to really shame people or yeah. be hostile yeah. and be antagonistic. Um, so I'm wondering, okay, yeah. so what does yeah. that look like from yeah. Yeah. a different perspective? Right. So when we do the Progress workshop and we show the videos of you, I would, which is, you're, you're the hit, you're the star, the star, even more than me, who's who's actually leading it. Right. I feel or a little me, bad about that. Even more than me, and I'm in the videos with you, but, you know. I mean, I guess I have to believe that, because you keep telling me that. It's really hard to believe. No, it is really good, and, and hard, and difficult for people to hear some things that you're saying. So we have them write their aha moments from the video, and the things that triggered them. So we've got a, a lot of this, but if I'd have to say one of the ones that they say aha about is when you say in the video, I mean, I'm not excited about abortion, nobody wants to have an abortion. Uh, they're, they're surprised and they write that down, because I think even though Christians wouldn't come out and say this, maybe there is this perception that the pro-choice community has a callous disregard for 
human life if it's not yet born. I mean, that's a really hard. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying mm-hmm. that's yeah. what's that's, out there. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm labbing it out. <laughs> I'm basing it on mm-hmm. fact of things I've heard mm-hmm. growing up, things I've heard in conversation, and the fact that it still keeps surprising people in our workshops when you say, I'm not jumping up and down saying, yay, everybody mm-hmm. have abortions. Right. And in fact, I think in that part of the video, I may even say something to the effect of, no young woman grows up hoping to have an abortion. Yeah. Right, right. And that no woman that I know gets excited about the idea of they might choose abortion at some point. Like, that's a really sad thing. So it's yeah. interesting to me that there's this idea that if you're pro-choice, that means you have a callous disregard for life unless it's been born yeah which is shocking yeah. to and me. I really callous, okay. callous yeah. maybe too strong yeah. that would be people on the well, far right I don't know okay maybe let's I get callous know. in there and you know what's interesting is that that's shocking to you because I would have guessed that you would know that's how you're perceived isn't that interesting <laughs> That is interesting because on the last podcast, I just told you two, yeah. how come you didn't know you're <laughs> yeah. perceived in a certain way? Right. But you're right. right. I That one I'm shocked by. I oh, would not have right. guessed okay. that that would be the assumption yeah. or the stereotype. That if you're pro-choice, you have a callous disregard for pregnancy unless it results in a live birth. Yeah. Right, right, because that's the, what that means. I you think. know, because yeah. the idea is around that you know, hundreds of thousands, or I don't know how many a year, babies are aborted. That's the language that we right. hear. So, so that equates to sort of this. There's a disregard for yeah. if you're fighting so hard for it, right? Then this yeah. doesn't matter. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. If you're fighting so hard for the right to have an abortion, then the actual act of it is okay, doesn't matter. And And the life associated with it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine any. So, okay, let's talk. I should talk from myself. So, first of all, I don't believe that at all. And I spent 12 years working in a women's health center where we did obstetrics, gynecology, reproductive health, um, behavioral health care. And I worked with many women in about their reproductive health, including wanting to get pregnant while they were pregnant. I was a doula for three years. I attended about 75 deliveries. Wow. So I saw all of the outcomes pretty much that you can have as a result of pregnancy. I've been with women who have miscarried. I was with a woman who had a stillborn baby. Mm. I was with a woman who died shortly after birth. <gasps> wow. Um, so... And we we saw many women come through the health center who were trying to avoid pregnancy, trying to get pregnancy, Mm -hmm. who had an unplanned pregnancy, were trying to decide what to do with that unplanned pregnancy. And in none of those instances did I ever think to myself, well, I don't care about this pregnancy unless it results in a live birth. Right. What I cared about was the woman who was pregnant or the woman who was trying to get pregnant and her partner or her family or whoever was in her life who were part of that. And for those women who had unplanned pregnancies, I cared about her. And again, her partner, her family, you know what the implications were. Um, And so I could see maybe that people would translate that into Mm -hmm. then I don't care about the 
pregnancy. Yeah. And I am being careful with my words. Because you guys say baby. She mm-hmm. said it. And she I never say pregnancy. Said baby. We were being, yeah, well, that's why I corrected talking, you. Because said, I'm talking from the, the words you hear. Right. Yeah. Okay. And I sure, said that specifically because sure. yeah. I was talking from the pro-life side. Yes. That's, that's their yes. view. Yes. Yeah. Right, right. And I think when I worked with women at the health center, I would use the word pregnancy first until I understood where she was at, how she felt about the pregnancy. And then if she was trying to get pregnant or once she knew she was pregnant and she made it clear that she wanted to continue the pregnancy, then I would start using the word baby. Oh, interesting. But I wouldn't use the word baby until I understood what did she want? Yeah. And where where was her own, you know, choice, autonomy, power in the situation? And I certainly, with women who came through who were sexually abused, sexually assaulted, and the pregnancy was a result of assault or abuse, yeah. I would never use the word baby uh, with her. Yeah. Because she had just been violated. Yeah. A pregnancy was a one of the outcomes of that. And until I understood where she yeah. was healing from that assault or where she was going to go with that pregnancy, I certainly wouldn't use the word baby with her out of respect for, you know, she's in a really tough situation. I don't want to in any way indicate to her, I believe she should make a particular choice. I also wouldn't say fetus. Okay. I would just say pregnancy because she's pregnant. Because fetus, I think unfortunately, but because of the, all the tension and um, debate around abortion Fetus has suddenly taken on this power in terms of the meaning of it that it it I, it's kind of hard to describe. I'm stumbling a little bit here with language. Oh, but oh now you know how we feel. Yeah, I guess I do. <laughs> I do. Um, what is it? Sinister <laughs> comment and laugh, Angie. Sinister. <laughs> <laughs> they like it when oh, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. So much fun over here because she's the one <laughs> I'm just no, that's pretty funny. <laughs> um, because the so so language is strife, right, in the abortion conversation. Yeah. And there's this notion of the unborn is mm-hmm. a word you hear people use. Mm-hmm. Fetus you hear people use. Pregnancy, baby, life. But I think where I came from in the whole conversation was, well, first of all, it's a pregnancy right? Because a woman gets pregnant. And at a certain point, a woman decides what to do about that pregnancy. And that's been true for millennia. So I try and stay with that terminology because it doesn't feel loaded. If I start calling her pregnancy a fetus or a baby, then it shifts into the abortion divide. And either I'm calling it a baby, which I think signals to her, I want her to keep the pregnancy and end up with a baby. If I use a fetus, am I sending her a signal that I don't think that's going to become a baby and maybe she shouldn't think it should become a baby and maybe she should abort because while it's a fetus, she can still abort legally. Okay, that makes sense. Because it's it's about that also pregnancy in terms of where she is uh, in the timeline of the pregnancy, then she can have a legal abortion. And if the timing advances, she can't have a legal abortion. So when in medical terminology, something shifts from an embryo to a fetus to a baby, I don't want to get into all of that terminology around that because 
That's a medical. Yeah. So you don't want to use any word that you feel is going to influence her decision based on what you're saying to right. her. That's so, correct. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. And, and conversely for women who came to the health center who were trying to get pregnant, who were struggling to get pregnant, I would call it a pregnancy because I didn't know if she was going to end up with a baby. Right. I didn't know yeah. if she would be successful in achieving, you know, a fertilized egg that became an embryo that mm-hmm. became a fetus that, you know, resulted in a live birth and she had a baby. Yeah. So I kept to using the term pregnancy as a way to try and be respectful. Mm-hmm. So then when I would be in these situations where it was clear that there was tension about people's beliefs and pro-life, pro-choice, and there would be pictures of, you know, mutilated fetuses, and people would be talking about, we want to save the baby. It just felt like all of that was distorted. And I didn't want to, you know, use anything that would imply to the women I worked with that I was bringing them any of that tension, any of that strife. I just wanted to not use it. So um, it was being distorted. Right. Go, Go more into that. Well, to hold up photographs of bloody mutilated fetuses outside of an abortion clinic and be shouting at women who are going in to have an abortion and saying, you know, and some of them were kneeled down praying with the rosary and some of them were shouting and holding up these signs and saying, you're going to go to hell. And it, it was just awful. I mean, it was, it was gut wrenching to watch that and to see the look on the women's faces who are going in to have an abortion and know that I'm looking at women who are mostly young probably more low income than that because wealthy women and older women probably had a private doctor. They could, you know, they could go to a health center that's not a quote unquote abortion clinic. And um, they didn't have to walk the gauntlet of people screaming and showing horrible pictures. So um, yeah, I think that's why for me, the term fetus and unborn and baby just feels so loaded. Yeah. So you say pregnancy. I do think, I mean, Denise, what do you think? That that's still going to be hard for some Christians to hear, that it's a pregnancy. I wonder if you want to unpack that a little bit more. Or, you know, unpack, so you said you were shocked that that, uh, the pro-life side would would think of pro-choice as having a callous disregard. So talk a little bit more about that. Why are you shocked, and what would you say... um, the view of that would be, you know, that could kind of combat that stereotype. Sure. Well, because usually people who are very engaged with women who are pregnant tend to do it because they're really into birth, Mm. right? So I was a doula for those three years, 75 deliveries. We called ourselves birth junkies. Like we were so (laughs) into pregnancy and delivery. We knew all the stages of pregnancy, um, we could help women understand how far along they yeah, were. Yeah. We were measuring their abdomens yeah. with them. You know, we were birth way junkies. into birth junkies. Yeah. yeah. We were also militant milkers. Like we were way <laughs> into everybody breastfeeding yeah. and let's make sure we do that. And then even during labor, you know, make sure that there's the woman is talking to the baby, the yeah. family's talking to the baby. When the baby comes out, immediate skin to skin contact. Like yeah. it's just all about the pregnancy and, and and also I taught fertility awareness. So I taught women how to naturally achieve or avoid pregnancy by teaching them about their menstrual cycle and fertile mucus and, you know, the whole thing so that they could uh, achieve or avoid pregnancy. So 
we were all in. Yeah. Like we were so into helping women uh, have children that they wanted to have. Yeah. And we were also compassionate about women who had an unplanned pregnancy and may make a different yeah. decision, including abortion. Right, but that's fascinating what you're saying because you're describing yourself as someone who loves babies. Yeah. And who, who <laughs> received joy in watching babies come into the world and helping mothers and babies and um, that, you, that you love that. I do, yeah. and I did, yeah. and I still do. Yeah. And most of the women I know who are pro-choice in a very active sense, like they're engaged around the politics of it or they're engaged in supporting clinics or access to uh, reproductive health care also are really into moms and babies and pregnancies mm -hmm. and you know read spiritual Midwif midwifery by Ina Mae Gaskin who is like the queen of uh, home birth and and she's from Tennessee mm -hmm. and she was part of a, a commune called yeah. the farm and wow. you know so we were reading a lot about it we were helping each other get pregnant we were working in this clinic that was all about reproductive health care um, so it was a really meaningful part of my life in my 20s and 30s and then it became different when I was in my 40s and I was doing policy work around yeah. adolescent health and reproductive rights. Um, so then it became more about policy than actual healthcare delivery. Yeah. But so that's, what's interesting about pro-life people thinking that if you're as active as I was at the mm -hmm. time in the politics of it mm -hmm. and active in being pro-choice and that there's a misunderstanding that that means I'm like really into the baby thing, the pregnancy and the baby thing. And to think the opposite. Yeah. In fact, that, yeah, Really, I just want to make sure women either don't get pregnant or I want to, as soon as they're pregnant, say, you know what, you might want to abort that thing and let's just move to that pretty quickly or, you know, whatever stereotype is there when quite the contrary. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Wow. wow. Like it may seem for some people like those are two completely disconnected belief systems yeah. that I can completely believe that women should have access to safe legal abortion. And if that's the best choice for them they should be able to do that. And I believe that women who want to have children should absolutely be able to do that, should be supported by their community. That is a wonderful thing. And that I was an active participant in helping make that happen. Yeah. yeah. That you can be both of those things. Right. And I certainly was both of those right, things. Right, right. I think well, that's hard. It is Christians hard. And, and I'm sure anybody who's listening to this, their, their head's probably... Uh, what is their head oh, doing? I, I was going to say swimming. <laughs> that's, not, that's okay. Their head, can their your head, head swim? swimming? Yes. See, I'm not going to interrupt you anymore because I want to... Something swimming. Your, your head can be swimming. Can your head be swimming? Yes. No, no. their head's yeah. not swimming. What swims? Their head is probably spinning. Swirling. Swirling. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I knew their head was doing Swirling? something. Swirling? Something. Spinning. Swimming. I can tell you that. All right, you're swimming. Swimming. I'm just wondering if you it's, combined it too. Yeah. Are your thoughts swirling? Anyway. Yeah, your thoughts are swirling. swirling. And your head is yeah, spinning. spinning. And it begins swimming. Just trying to understand. Swimming, swimming. Swim. Just trying to understand how you can hold to both. How that can be. And that's part of the complexity yeah. of this issue that's so hard for us to want to grapple with, especially I think as, as Christians, because we want it to be more black and white than, than it really, really is. Because you're saying, what I'm hearing you say is, you love life and children 
and babies. You've you spent several years bringing life into the world, it's, you know, and helping mothers be and women be great mothers. And um, but you also value a woman's choice, and that you don't want that to be ripped from her, so that she has things done to her and has no way to um, be involved in what happens. Right. And I, I think it is about centering the woman and she is alive, right? So she's a living, breathing person. And if I, um, and, and I believe we should center her right in all of this. And it should be a society that helps all women and especially women who, find themselves in difficult situations. So if we center her, in my view, then all good things will flow from yeah. that. Um, and you even had said in the past, including less abortions, you think? Absolutely. Yeah. I think there will be. I, I could for sure say that because of my work at, at Chicago Women's Health Center, that they, you know, in the women who came through, um, that I saw many women who if they had had adequate information about their bodies, about sex, about access to contraception, Mm -hmm. they would have planned their pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Also, if they had been taught how to um, deal with abuse around them, or if they got support, like if as a society, we picked up on the signals that maybe a woman was being abused and helped Mm -hmm. her right away, Mm -hmm. she also wouldn't have found herself pregnant or in situations that were you know, about a misuse of power that maybe resulted in a pregnancy. So I, and I also saw young women who really wanted to have children and whose parents didn't want them pregnant and made them get abortions. And then they turned around a few months later and were pregnant and kept quiet about it and waited till the time had passed where they weren't going to have an abortion. So I think if we as a society supported women and, and also we, by extension, we have to support men yeah. because yeah, it takes right. two people to make yes, a pregnancy. Yes, it does. We right, don't have right. to talk about um, that, yeah. but yes, it does. Yeah. Inevitably, we would have less abortion, yeah. I believe. Yeah. So I want to uh, unpack that because I still think Christians are going to disagree on the abortion thing. You know, that's yeah. just going to be a sure. sticky place. But explain what you mean by putting women at the center. We're going to see less abortions because this would be a wrong stereotype that I think Christians have that women have abortion out of convenience or selfishness. So how by putting them at the center, are we going to see less? Right. Well, in me, your perspective. Yeah. Let me first say, I never saw a woman have a pre- have an abortion out of convenience. I've never seen that either. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Good. Yeah. So <laughs> it's stunning how mm-hmm. um, pervasive, and yeah. I think people don't even realize they have that thought, yeah. mm-hmm. have that thought. Mm-hmm. I know someone who just went through our training and we were going back and that word came up and I was like, wow, that's just a deep, it's a deep yeah. seated mental model that we right. all need to really yeah. wrestle with. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, go ahead. Or or at least that a woman would be able to make an altruistic choice, you know, that maybe she doesn't look at it as, oh, this is just inconvenient, but that she'll be able to sort of rise above her circumstances and bring the child into the world anyway. I think that would be... That's the expectation. Yeah, of, in, in a Christian yeah. worldview and the way that they would approach it, that it's it's just you need to bring it into the world anyway. You know right. what I mean? So right. When actually I've seen situations where women were pregnant and were in abusive relationships, whether it was the family or their partner, and they understood that they would, 
by continuing the pregnancy result and harm to that baby. Yeah. So they were making a choice to keep that baby safe, not because it, they were inconvenienced or they were right. selfish or, or something else. That they looked at their life situation and thought, this is a dangerous thing for me to be pregnant. Yeah. And often they're right, because domestic violence does rise when a woman is pregnant. They're much yeah. more likely to face physical violence during pregnancy than when they're not pregnant. Mm. So, Statistically. Yeah. So that's grounded in, in yeah. reality. Right. Um, I kind of lost where we were going. but Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It was good, too. Let's get it back. It um, was about... You said... No woman ever had... A, as I said, if she's at the center... Right. If she's at the center... How are there going to be right, less abortions? Right. Okay. So the way I see that is that... Now, when women face unplanned pregnancy, what often comes up for them is fear and shame. And they think they did something wrong, that they were stupid, um, that they're going to get you know, judged by their family, their partner, their community, and they get very isolated and traumatized. And so when they're thinking about what should I do, it's really hard to make a good decision in that context. And I think if we supported women in a way that they did not feel shame about whatever happened. Like, what, whatever the reason was that resulted in that pregnancy, I think she would be in a much better position to think about other options mm. for herself, right? She may still choose abortion, or she may not. She may yeah. think, well, there's no shame and judgment in being pregnant yeah. and having the baby. Maybe I'll have the baby right. and place it with a family that would really like to raise a child but can't right. of their own. Yeah. Or maybe she'll think, okay... There's no shame and judgment here, so that means I can go tell my extended family or my community, and maybe somebody in my mm -hmm. family or community will say, I'll help you raise that baby. Right. That sounds we'll great. Let's do then. it. Mm -hmm. We can do this. Yeah. Um, but if she's sitting in shame and judgment and isolation, she can't imagine how she can raise that baby. Right. If she's got a situation where she's low income or whatever the circumstances yeah. are that make her feel like, I can't do this by myself. Because yeah. that's yeah. what it implies. If she's right. isolated, yeah. then she thinks, I'm going to have this baby. I have to do it by myself. And she probably thinks, how can I be a good mother in that context? And what's going to happen to yeah. this child yeah. with the circumstances I have in my life? And is that fair to yeah. the child? So mm. would it be true to say, you know, if you're sort of speaking on behalf of um, the pro-choice side, I guess, I know we don't like to use that word, that they would say just that, that it is unjust or unfair, whatever, for a woman to sit in fear and judgment and shame and isolation and no support and then not be able to make a decision about the pregnancy. Right. And then have to sort of live with the results of, of that life. Um, right, right. And so that's also why I see a lot of health centers that do reproductive health care and options counseling by extension, get involved in their communities so they can help women find access to, uh, you know, other kinds of health care, child care, workforce development, you know, careers, um, any of the benefits that come from the state or the feds that would give them cash assistance or wow. food stamps or housing or, you know, and certainly that was my work when I focused on adolescent health was we were supporting pregnant and parenting teens. And it was all about how do we help them stay in school? How do we wow. help them get a career? How do we help them stay connected to their families and not get kicked out of their homes? Wow. Uh, what do they need emotionally to get through this? Because they're young and being pregnant and having a child can be 
pretty hard when you're that young. So what you said is fascinating because what you're describing is that there's a whole pro-choice community out there that's spending more time trying to find supports for women so they don't have to make that choice, even though you want them to have that choice. But you're doing more in some ways than I would say some of the pro-life community is doing. Some of the Christian community, yeah. Well, yeah, well, oh, yeah, just, no, both. Yeah, yeah you're right. And Am I, I making sense? Yeah, because we, I would say that's one thing we learned on this yeah. journey when we were uh, going out into the maternal child health world. We found mostly people that were pro-choice. And, and some had faith background, mm-hmm. but a lot didn't. It was mainly, and then we're like, where's all the Christians? Or where's all the pro-life people yeah. in this space? Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So, And you've told us before, and maybe this was on the last podcast, that you said you think if churches opened their doors and did do this work that you're describing, that that would be a wonderful thing. You'd be okay with that, and there would be less abortions in, Absolutely. as a result. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. because uh, churches and in, in communities tend to have access to all sorts of programs, food pantries, yeah. health centers, child care, yeah. you know, the extended social network that some women need because they're isolated or they're low income, and to support her in having the child and then raising the child yeah. successfully, oftentimes we do need a whole village, right? To come yeah. together. And churches uh, right. sometimes yeah. have built yeah. that village. Many times. Right. Many times. Churches are supposed to yeah. build that. Yeah. If we're going right. back to the Jesus stories right. and the right. ideal yeah. world, that's what church churches yeah. are supposed to be. Right. Yeah. Um, right. Is exactly that. And would you say that you speak, in saying that, that, that you're speaking on behalf of many pro-choice people, would they feel the same way? That if churches really stepped up and kind of did in a, in a ethical, uh, sh- non-shame, integrity kind of way, open their doors to, to meet these needs, that, that that would be welcomed? Absolutely, in part because many women who are pro-choice also are religious yeah. and yeah. are right. connected to their own right. churches. Yeah. I wouldn't say that you know, there's probably any difference in the percentage of people who consider themselves pro-choice in terms of um, also being attached to churches and religious institutions. I don't. I mean, not, maybe there's research out well, there that, that tells you, that but would be a surpri- that would be a surprise to some. And maybe that's another stereotype that we have. Right. That's not true. I, you know, if you're pro-choice, you don't. You're not. You're right. not a faith backer. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, one thing that that I learned when I was a doula and I was attending um, deliveries and, and actively being a prenatal health worker was that the women who were as into birth as we were tended to be really conservative Christians. Oh. And that was the common ground because we were all into birth. We were all birth junkies. We were all writing about it and publishing books and, you know, sharing information um, and that was the common ground, and that was great. Where the divergence happened was about the issue of abortion. Yeah. Um, yeah. But being excited about pregnancy and birth, that was shared. Yeah. Wow, interesting. Yeah. And again, it, what you're talking about is we can come together, and you can believe what you believe about abortion. Right. We can believe what we believe about abortion and still do years of work together <laughs> right. to help women and children and, and make huge strides in this without even changing our views on that at all. Right. Yeah. Cause, I think that's true. Yeah. 
All right, so let's get personal. And this is an old thing that happened, but you remember it and I remember it. So let's talk about it because I don't know if we I don't know if we knew each other well enough to talk about the at the time. We were going, you had set up a meeting for us with I think a maternal child health specialist because we were in Chicago somewhere. Like I can still see it. And you were like, we were like, these meetings are great. Thank you. Denise and I were working for the pregnancy organization mm-hmm. at the time. And you said, maybe we were done with the meeting. And anyway, you this is what I remember you saying. Wouldn't it be great if your organization got to the point that abortion didn't even have to be talked about anymore? Was it something like that that you said? Like abortion wasn't taboo or it part was of okay the, or, or you it know. wasn't part of it wasn't you weren't Accepted. making it part. No, it was like yeah. you weren't even making it part of your conversation right. or your it was all about supporting women is I think right. what you were trying. Is that what you were trying to say? It could have been that when I'm remembering more was I think thought I said something like, wouldn't it be great if you could refer to Planned Parenthood? Oh, Wasn't that it? That's not how I so it was. It. So that was a different conversation because we also had that conversation, oh. remember? And that was harder. Like that, that was, was one of those moments where we're like, okay, earth, <laughs> let's wait, back and that's up. funny. We're even what talking about different conversations because I just remember it as, wouldn't it be great if your organization got to the point where abortion wasn't even really on the table? It wasn't even discussed. Maybe, but how can you do that if you're doing options counseling? And that's what that organization did. So there's no way to get there. But that's what I thought you it said. Maybe what we were talking about at the time was. Oh, I don't know what we yeah. said then. Instead of okay, and this is the mistake I made. And I, if you would say that now, I would say because I've been around Denise long enough, I'd say, "Oh, help me understand what you mean by that." <laughs> <laughs> it's a great what, way to get out of it. Say I at the time. Do you remember what yeah, you said? I bristled up a little bit, not in a mm-hmm. mean way, but just mm-hmm. a little bit, and I said, "Well, no, abortion's always going to be something that we work in and talk about because you know we just." It's important to us that women know that, you know, okay, we don't I ever think it's God's best or whatever. There was some, one of those, and then you, you backed down and then I felt bad because I should have said to you, what do you mean by that? But it was, but it was, and it was funny because neither one of us then wanted to discuss it afterwards because we were newer right, in our right. relationship. Yeah. I think now what we probably were getting at was this idea of you all were coming at it from the perspective of we want to reduce abortion. And I was, in terms of options counseling and the approach to it, and I was coming at it from the perspective of we want to center the woman and help her make the best decision. And in that part of our conversation, you all were having the trouble with choice, decision. Like, Which that was so tricky. Funny. I don't remember those And ones I yeah. was wanting you to stop worrying so much about abortion. Like, don't worry yeah. so yeah, much yeah, about yeah. what yes. the outcome yeah. is. Like, just focus on her help her she'll figure it out she'll come to the best decision for her she's got it you don't have to worry about that yeah i think that's probably what that was about where i was saying does abortion have to be the front and center driver yeah i think that's what it was yeah and you were like yes it does (laughs) i did not say that laura that is misrepresenting what happened (laughs) and just like for you know maybe this is the misconception about pro-choice people the front and center driver for me isn't let's make sure everybody gets an abortion. Right. Or who cares about those kids until, you know, it's a live birth. Yeah. Yeah. Neither one of those things are true. Right. Right. And I, and I think, but that's how we're viewing each other. Yeah. That is how we're viewing each other. And it's incorrect because again, we take pieces of what we hear, what we think, and we don't sit down and understand the whole story. Right. Behind where we're really coming from. Right. Because maybe for me, when I hear pro-life, I think that it's just all about 
getting that fetus born. And maybe when you hear pro-choice, it's all about making sure an abortion can happen. Right. Right. And Whereas, I would say not yeah. us, because we've been journeying long enough. Right. But I think definitely, yes. If if, if we talk people, about the general the, the two sides, the general yeah. two sides, I think our that, side, that, yes. that says it well. Right. right. Um, but I think where I think where I was with pro choice, it really wasn't a, about abortion as much as what it was about choice. Yeah, choice. It was like sure, how sure. do we help how do we center her? And help her so she gets to make the best decision she can make. And boy, I hope for her sake she doesn't have to have yeah. an abortion. Yeah. Because right. she's not going to want to have an abortion. And it's not going to be good for her yeah. in the end. Yeah. Because, well, I shouldn't say that. I'll, I'll rewind that one. But <laughs> meaning, she's never going to go on with her life and think, that was great that I had that abortion. Yeah. That's not going to be how she thinks about it for the rest right. of her life. Right. She's right. going to think, I had an abortion. And on some level... In and out of her life, she'll probably have some pain about it. Maybe not right. all the time, yeah. but some of the time she will. Right. And I know that. Yeah. I, I know that that's going to end up being part of her story, right. yeah. her journey. I don't wish that on her. Right. Nobody yeah. does. Right. And again, would it's, you say that how many others in the pro-choice community would you say think that way? Is that kind of a common... I would say everybody thinks that way. Wow. I really would. Okay. Nobody is sitting there thinking, yay, oh, but there's this stereotype of this big institution yeah. from our last podcast, the right. same way you think yeah. about Christians. Yeah. There's a stereotype of the left and they've got this yeah. agenda and they're just right. pushing abortions and they're making tons of money from it. And that right. is definitely something that you hear. Right. And so my comeback to that is what Planned Parenthood does is much more than abortion. Abortion is one of their many services. They are a much bigger institution. Their services are really important in a lot of communities. Abortion is one of those services. It's not the only service. So, so and, now we've just violated our principle. We mentioned focus on the family on our last <laughs> oh, podcast. Oh, no, no, you did both. <laughs> Sorry. We're even. We're even. Wait, because I one said them. No. But I, you're the, I'm you're the, the one who said, I said both of them. I oh, mean, what I didn't mean, I? Yeah, yeah, but there's love and grace here. What I meant, Pearl, did podcast. I? No, what I meant, we're even sin. is. No, no, yes. <laughs> when I said Sorry, we're even, we I meant, we mentioned one from each side, so they cancel each other out. So oh, fine. okay, okay, oh, okay. Cancel. But See, how could we, how could, uh, okay, in a conversation so, though, where we're talking about stereotypes, I do think we have to talk yes, about family that is going to that is going to trigger Christians just much as focus on the family triggers pro-choice. Okay. Planned Parenthood is going to trigger pro-life people. You saying Planned Parenthood will trigger mm-hmm. pro-life people as much as if I were to say focus on the family would trigger pro-choice people. See, they're even in that way is what I'm trying to say. They're trigger organizations. <laughs> we don't exactly know what they're trying to say. <laughs> I just want to point out, I know people are going to get triggered okay, because that organization fine. was well, named. Let's, how about if we just talk about money for a minute? <laughs> okay, and then we'll wrap it up okay. after money. Oh, we can't talk about money? Well, we can. Yes, talk about money. <laughs> okay, she, I just want to say. And Denise this, is illegal. She did sign language. Well, I was, to I be was able to more say like, it. do we want to get into this on this podcast or have we <laughs> talked about enough? Okay, well, just real quick, Laura, go ahead. Okay, real quick. Uh, abortion services don't make people a lot of money. Mm. That is a huge stereotype. What makes people a lot of money is birth. That makes people a lot of money. Oh. Abortion does not. It's not that expensive to, as a provider and as an institution, 
to provide abortion services when you compare it to how much does it cost to go through pregnancy and labor and delivery and postpartum. Okay. So if you want to make money, you go into birth. If you don't want to make as much money, you go into abortion services. So I just want everybody to be really clear about that. And hospitals make a lot of money from birth, especially if there's a high C-section rate, which there is in this country. So C-sections, you make even more money yeah. if you do that. So, so that's part of the and I think this, helping people understand yeah. how what that is it works. that they're talking. Although, like about. the stereotype regarding that organization that we will not name again, <laughs> they're not. They don't do birth as a service, do they? They just do, um, they do reproductive health care, yeah. which includes abortion services. So they are, are not uh, bir- probably not doing obstetrics, right? Right. Services. So I don't. They, I don't know so that for. A fact, because they may run clinics in certain parts of the country. Oh, okay. Maybe they are also providing oh, obstetrics. Right. I don't know. I could because I was going to say they're not. That. Yes, and I, I could investigate. So yeah. they're not getting that pool of larger money. Only th- their money comes from. Their or, money mostly comes from reproductive health care, other than abortion. Mm-hmm. Okay, because abortion is the smaller percentage of their work. The larger yeah. percentage of their work is reproductive yeah. health care. I think being able to find out the truth, because I have looked on the annual report of the organization that will not be named. (laughs) I feel like we're in Harry Potter. (laughs) You know, and like, okay, well, if this is true, this is not what I'm hearing from certain places. I just, I just want to know the truth. I just wish things weren't wrapped so much in rhetoric on either side so you can get to the truth. But in my relationship with you, Laura, I want to go back real quickly as we end, and you can speak to this too, Denise, because the same reason you got into doula and and everything, even the pro-choice movement, is why we decided to do the work with the pregnancy organization before we understood, you know, what was happening as as a feminist, as a person who valued women being able to have everything they needed to have their children and not be discriminated by that, that's what was motivating me. And I know that's what motivated you as well to work with women and children. So it's like we had these same motivations. Can we start there with everybody and give each other the benefit of the doubt? And like you said, be free to say, I believe this, I believe that, while respecting that we have these similar desires and and we're only going to get stronger listening to each other. You know what I mean? I agree with that. Well, and if we did just that, and never had a conversation again about where our lines were that we didn't agree on. Do you know how much work we could do on behalf of women and children? Do you know how much it would benefit women, how they would thrive? Do you know how many children, babies would thrive? Yeah. I mean, like we'd have so much work to do just doing that, that we wouldn't even have time to talk (laughs) about the debate. I think that's right. The whole, you know, society would be the better for it. And women and children would be the better for it. Yeah. So. Can you live with that? Are you still going to hang with us after this? No, I love this. I knew that's what you two were all about, which is why we've been hanging out for At least me. I don't know what she thinks about you, but. (laughs) (laughs) Denise, now you're not funny. You're just smart. Oh, (laughs) make one of those funny I can't. I'm metaphors. Hurt. Oh, are you I'm hurt? So, no, I'm not sorry. at all, actually. I'm not. <laughs> is your head swimming? Ooh, you're My me. head is swimming Swim a little bit. I think you armchaired me. <laughs> <laughs> Laura said heads can swim. Heads <laughs> can't swim. Thanks, everybody. I hope you're inspired to go out and have conversations of your own. Thanks for being with us today. <laughs>